0: Welcome to Your New Money, I'm Brian Hurst. this evening. We are focusing on the investment world. South African and global investors have shown better investment returns in 2017. When one analyses our local market it makes for interesting reading. The top 40 shares are up plus minus 24% of which 16.3% of this performance has come from NASPERS. 315 from Richmond, and a similar 315 from Anglos and Billitons. The rest of the market has done absolutely nothing. Even more alarming is that 22 of the top 40 shares are either flat or in the red. Well, hardly a bull market picture. To end this evening, to make some sense of all this, if you can make, is my regular investment guru, Paul Hanson, Director of Retail Investing Stanlib. Paul, lovely to have you on the show. Paul, you must be counting the days because three of your top funds are, in the, are top of the pops over six months. One of your funds is number one out of 184. We've still got what 25 26 days to go to the, the calendar year you're gonna keep it there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> long as that all Z40 stay strong huh yeah you know, Paul just let's talk about it. I know internationally we've had a bull market We're into the ninth year of the bull market you've been doing this program probably for me with me for 12 or 14 years we saw the market come down we saw it move up you always said stick to your knitting stay what you're doing however when you look at stocks like, I talked about NASPERS and Richemont and Anglas and Billiton, and then you go to the other extreme and you look at Breit and EOH and, um, and uh, Steinoff and Wilworths and Mediclinic and stocks of that ilk. I mean, this is the most weird bull market that I think I can remember in the
1: 53 years I've been around in, the South, African, in South Africa. Me too, I agree with you. It's, um, I haven't been around 53, but whatever it is, it is the weirdest one. There have been wipeouts like you've, you, you know, you're typically only see in a major crash, as, as well as the huge winners, as, you, as you've mentioned. So uh, look, I mean, the b- I noticed the banks today, the index is up about 13% so far this year. So not too bad there, but it's a very mixed market. And, and we've seen some of those retailers that got hammered, you know, they picked up very nicely, I think 7 or 8% in November. But they're only up 2% this year. But they, they have started to recover. So you know we we are seeing a bit of a a bounce, but obviously our economy, you know, as opposed to the world economy that's very strong, our economy has been pretty weak and was a little bit in recession earlier this year. So you know the the small cap shares, which is every share from 101 upwards uh, or or smaller on the JSE, you know, those are still down this year, negative. The the mid cap shares, which is share 41 to 100, are slightly positive this year. So that tells you what the broader market outside the top 40, all the other shares altogether are flat to slightly negative. And even those 22 stocks in the top 40 are
0: either flat or in the red. Yeah. But they make, so, make up so little contribution yeah. to the all share index. That's right. So, Paul, can we find value in the South African market? I mean, now you've got these extremes. And if you're invested in a segregated portfolio where a fund manager, n- uh, that manager, is never going to have t- 16 or 20% in asthma's, I mean, that would be irresponsible.
1: Can you find value? Yeah, look, you know, you, you, the reason why you would be buying South African shares now is because you you're buying in the hope that your economy is going to pull out of this, this 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 slump that it's in at the moment. You know, that and and history says it will. It's just a matter of when. It's going to pull out and grow again, hopefully two, three, four percent. Maybe not next year. Maybe possibly it will be. Maybe we will catch a bit of the fire from the rest of the world and, and actually grow stronger. So that's why you buy when things are down, because you're hoping, you know, I mean, you're expecting, based on history, that it will come through again. Bad times will pass. And certainly, if we're being affected by the rest of the world, it should happen.
0: So let's talk about global markets. We haven't got the same situation as South Africa. We've seen ninth year of bull markets. Can you see that continuing? What about interest rates? I mean, we start to see inflation interest rates pick up in the United States. Isn't that going to have some impact on our but we aren't global seeing that.
1: markets? We aren't seeing that. We're still seeing most of the country's interest rates at 30, 40, 50-year lows. Only the UK has gone up slightly and the US has gone up a few times. But nothing in Japan, nothing in Europe. Europe's economy is very strong. Every number that comes out shows, you know, I think inflati- uh, unemployment has gone down from 12 to 8.5, something like that. And it looks very strong. So you've got an amazing situation where you've got company profits up very strongly. I, I think they're up. So up 18% year on year in the US, company profits, and yet inflation is sitting at 1.4%. Uh, that's the inflation measure that the Fed likes to follow. And, uh, and interest rates are still very low. So it's a wonderful combination of factors that uh, for business and for the stock market.
0: Paul, over the years we've always spoken about the black swans. I mean, last year we had Brexit and Trump maybe being a bit of a black swan. N- <laughs> yeah. Now. Can you see any of these black swans on the horizon, North Korea or something? You know, you talked about. We talked about inflation staying low. Obviously, if mean, inflation starts to pick up in the United States and interest rates rise quicker than we think, that's going to have an impact.
1: Yep. But can you see anything major on the horizon? Well, I mean, you, you mentioned North Korea. That's always an unknown. There's some very weird guy running the show there. So, and we've got an aggressive guy in Trump. So, you know, that's a possibility. Hopefully not, but the the other big uh, the other big one is the Chinese China. So if China slows down much more than expected, then you know that can derail markets for sure. At the moment, there is concern about it because they've been tightening. uh, There's been a bit of financial tightening going on. Interest rates have gone up a bit, and um, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to close down capacity in certain areas where you know manufacturing's been unprofitable. But it's looking all right so far.
0: Well, we're going to take a break. You can call us on 011-483-1518. Note our new number, 011-483-1518. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned. Welcome to You and Your Money. We're discussing investment evening My guest is Paul Lanson. And after I gave out the number, I'll give it out again, 011-483-1518. You can also email me on at BHCA.co.za. Paul, before I go to the emails, as I was coming on air, someone called me and said, please, could you paint a scenario of the, difficult, the different, different possibilities of leadership in the ANC on our currency, on the markets, on interest rates, and on the rating companies?
1: <laughs> That's an essay of about 10 pages.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, briefly, I mean, I mean, if our election goes well, whoever gets it, there may be, there may be a knee-jerk reaction, but our random strengthened. you know, when I came on air this evening, it was 13.55 to the dollar. I see the pound, they didn't seem to sort out something in, with Brexit today, so the pound was a little bit flat against the dollar. But, but c- can you see much happening? I mean, we're talking about two weeks away. We're talking about holiday time, you know, as you know, in Europe, August, July, August, everything's quiet here over Christmas, New Year, you have got quite a lot of holidays, uh, the Monday, the Tuesday of Christmas, and then New Year Day, so what do you think?
1: You know what they, what they say in the US, and I think to some extent here in most countries is that business goes on depending on how things are going, so irrespective of what Trump is tweeting Economy rolls on and business carries on in the U.S. Doesn't matter if Trump is found guilty about the Russian story and and the vice president steps up. In the end, it's business, business. Uh, that's what the stock market is is measuring, and shares are measuring is as how's business doing. What are the bottom line profits? How's the economy going? So it'll be the same here. Uh, y- uh, admittedly, we've been more affected by the politics for sure, but the question is, can whoever takes over get this? E- picked up, get this country going, back to work. And, you know, that's the bottom line. You know, whoever is, it, uh, is brought in, whoever is elected. So not a, not a major impact on our markets, not
0: a major impact on interest rates. I think the rating agencies have done their bit for the moment. I mean, Moody's will talk to us next year. Um, you know, yeah. But unlikely they'll do anything based on any uh, election. No, as
1: we stand want. right now or sit right now, we, um, we're on track to be demoted. Uh, after the budget speech in February to be downgraded to junk and then to have quite a lot of potential selling of our bonds. I mean, it would be quite a surprise if they didn't downgrade us, Moody's, after the budget speech in February, unless there's some huge breath of fresh air that comes in and says, wait a minute, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're doing that. Leadership. Uplifting leadership. Paul, we've we've always had a, a tailwind.
0: We've always been lucky about things. If global economies pick up, next year. There's a greater demand for commodities. Aren't we a commodity exporting country? Have we factored any of that into our our potential uh, GDP?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, our exports are exceeding our our imports. We've had a positive trade balance, I think, for eight months in a row, which is a heck of a lot better than the past few years. Part of that's because we we have a poor economy, so we're importing less. Fewer Porsches and so on coming in, and fewer Apple computers and what have you. Exports are pretty good because of the metal prices. I mean, the iron, ore, uh, iron ore is doing very well. You know, yep, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, Lionel in Bedford View says, after the downgrade, please explain why the RAND has recovered. And it has. I mean, we had that need you, we had that RAND at 1380.82. We had the downgrade announced on that Friday. Monday morning we woke up 1415.
1: We're now back another 5%. Yeah, two weeks ago, I think we, we got to 1450 in anticipation. Of Moody's and Stan and Poor downgrading us to below investment grade or junk. But I think what happened was a lot of players, currency traders, took short positions ahead of the announcement. And then when Moody said, no, 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 we're we on hold, we're not downgrading now, they suddenly had to rush to cover them on, on the Monday. And by covering, you're buying back your short position, so you're pushing you're pushing the rand up. That's, that seems to be the most probable explanation as to why it suddenly went from fourteen fifteen down to thirteen sixty.
0: Yeah, Even lower and even stronger tonight. And that that leads on to Noah's question in Cape Town. He says, what amount of money will have to fly out of South Africa because of the downgrade? I mean, I think only the Barclays Global Index
1: is... Oh, know, no. Saying, yeah. You know, That's but small. But it, it's, it's not major, is no, it? No, no. Now, there wasn't much. It's, but if it happens after the budget speech, if Moody's uh, downgrades us. Then it could be a hundred billion, give or take, hundred billion rand. Working. But Paul, there are always buyers sitting on the
0: outside waiting. Yeah. I mean, if I, interest, I mean, if if a hundred billion gets sold, the rand will weaken, government bonds rates will go up. Yeah. And there's always people waiting to buy a junk bond because it's unlikely government will default. Right. Sure. I At mean, it's it's, you know, I mean, not in our I mean, lifetime. You, d- you know, we d- if government defaults on their bonds or doesn't repay uh, loan, l- l- you know, uh, cost of borrowing. I mean, we'll really battle to borrow. And I know you've always said we, we only borrow between 5 and 10% of our an, a need. Uh, the, the rest is Off all come from local markets. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. So, Paul, um, you know, from that point
1: of view, we may have a lot of selling, but ma- a lot of buying as well. Absolutely. There will be buyers in the wings because there's such a shortage of yield out there right now in the world. In your U.S. money market, if you're lucky, you're getting half a percent compared to... The 7% you're getting here, and in Europe, you're getting nothing. In the UK, just about nothing. In Japan, nothing in your money market. So people step up to the plate and buy our bonds. And you can hedge nine. the currency. Yeah,
0: You can buy a hedge. Alexander Durbin said, is it wise to have great exposure to emerging markets?
1: Well if you're living in an emerging market, you would be a bit cautious of that, because you're certainly taking a lot more risk. Uh, but uh, you know, this year, the emerging market index is up 31% in dollars. The developed market index about twenty-three percent in dollars. So your risk would have paid off nicely. Extra risk would have paid off nicely this year. China, the Chinese uh, MSCI China index is up, I think, fifty percent in dollars, with the help of Tencent and Alibaba and shares like that. So that's been the the best one. It's twenty-nine percent of the index. So. You know, I think there's, there's certainly space for it, but it depends how much risk you want to take, being if that you do live in an emerging market, a high-risk market.
0: And, I mean, if you want to bu- I mean, if you want to buy into emerging markets, if you want to buy to China or Japan, I mean, you've got to really buy funds, haven't you? Hard to pick stocks. I mean, we know the, 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 the stocks globally, the Apple, the, the FANG stocks, the Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, and stocks like that. Hmm. But hard to start buying stocks in China or Japan or, or Asian stocks.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, in your
0: portfolio, do you have an exposure to, to Asian stocks? Through a unit trust. Through a unit trust, yeah. yeah. Mason in Randburg says How are regulations regarding transformation impacting on both investment managers and the decisions they make?
1: Uh, yeah, it's an issue. I mean, there's no question about it. It's part and parcel of our country, of the, uh, you know, the recovery coming out of apartheid or the renewal coming out of apartheid. So it affects, it's affecting the country, the businesses, the asset managers. But, you know, maybe, uh, but you have to look at it as a positive. You've got to look at it as going the right direction, as you know, the way it should have been all along. Paul, a lot of our companies have exported capital. And the sad part
0: of the exporting capital is they're building businesses out of South Africa and they're employing people out of South Africa. I mean, we've got to get that turnaround where confidence is restored in South Africa and some of that money comes back, similar to what Trump has said to the American companies, stop investing offshore,
1: invest in America, employ Americans. Yeah, well that's that's leadership. You need a leader to stand up and start making positive comments and galvanizing people and galvanizing and getting things into action, having plans and strategies to get your economy back into, back to work. Okay, but Trump is a businessman, he's been in business all his life, so he understands
0: business. We have that problem in leadership here, maybe not the same understanding. Uh, uh, We need a strong... um, I think Mr Ramaphosa understands business better than most. Yeah. Lucien Durbin says, what is the likelihood of prescribed assets for pension funds being reduced, and why is it bad for investments? I mean, if you think about pension funds, where you've got Regulation Twenty Eight, where you've got to have a minimum, mo- no more than seventy-five percent in, in in equities and twenty-five percent in other instruments, could be property funds, government bonds, money market, or t- those sort of count. So, is it likely we could get prescribed assets in? It's in, possible. In the we had
1: back in the seventies. We had it for years. We ball, had to I mean. buy X amount of government bonds in yeah. portfolios. And, I mean, obviously it's negative because it, uh, it takes away some of your choice within you m- the way you manage your portfolio. You've been forced into putting X amount into government bonds. So it's definitely a step in the wrong direction from uh, a point of view of freedom. Th- and the likelihood? I mean, we had it in the 70s, maybe even in the 80s, I mean,
0: yeah. going back where you were forced. I mean, yeah. any, any, any views on that, the likelihood? It's a possibility, hopefully not a probability. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break. You're watching Union Money. You can still call us on zero one one four eight three one five one eight. We haven't had any calls. Hoping there haven't been problems with our lines this evening. Stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. come back to you this evening. We're talking about investments. My guest Paul Hansen. You can call us. Try our number 483 1518. I apologise to those who have tried to call over the last few weeks and haven't been, been able to get through. We are having problems with our line. Paul, let's just talk about Trump and his, and his tax cuts. And he seems to have got those cuts through. And I've seen the, the Dow's up quite a lot, close over 1% this evening. Um, Paul, that good news for, for corporates, US, and bad news for individuals, the lower income groups who don't pay tax anyway?
1: No, I think it's very good news. I mean, it's the, the last time they did it was in, when I was living there, when Reagan was president, and it was great for the economy. Excellent. It really got the, sent the, the US into battle, the business into battle, so to speak. And, you know, we're coming uh, at the tail end, well, uh, in the last portion of a very good growth, eight, nine-year growth, and to now introduce tax cuts you know, towards the end of that will give more momentum to the economy. And I think that the corporate tax cuts would only take place in 2019. So I think it could be v- excellent. Sure, and that's why the stock market's responding so positively. That's why it's at a record high f- today, because of that. Also, because going
0: ahead, you know, markets always predict ahead. And if we're predicting at 12 to 18 months and you're getting these tax cuts and your businesses are growing, then you're going to get that extra boost because of the... The of lo- the lower taxes.
1: Yeah, and they seem to be targeting the middle income bracket because the middle income uh, bracket in the US has kind of been torment for some time. So the people are really be struggling. So they want to give them a boost. I- is that a different way of, 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 of avoiding wage inflation? Um, not, uh, not necessarily, because it should stimulate. You know, It should stimulate the economy and stimulate consumer buying. So it may in- enhance inflation a bit. Julian Porter says, why have our preference shares perform so badly? Good I question.
0: I can't understand that, Paul. Yeah, very weird. I mean... I look at standard bank pref shares yielding close to 12% before dividends
1: tax Yeah, at uh, at the price of around about 73. It's very strange. Look, the only thing is a simple answer. There have been more sellers than buyers, but why? Why are people getting out of pref shares at those sort of yields, which are very juicy yields and... You know, the, the, the PREF shares were issued at a, at a price of 100, now they're sitting at like 80, 75. So they had a big discount to the issue price. And the yields are very high. You know, the only thing I can think of is that people are anticipating a more tax hikes on dividends because the PREF shares have got no defense on that, whereas ordinary shares have got a defense in the sense that they're hopefully increasing their dividends every year. But a PREF share is pretty much fixed, you know. I mean, it's based on the prime rate. But otherwise, you can't Im- if the prime rate stays flat, you can't increase your PREF dividend. So you know, it gets taxed more and more, like happened in this last tax year. So I mean, that is a likelihood in the next budget, yeah. isn't it?
0: That dividend, dividend tax, tax, tax goes, goes up goes again. Up. Yeah, capital gains tax may go up but again. But still, those yields are, as you said, very juicy. Yeah. Silas in Branson says, if funds leave South Africa because of the downgrade to junk status, surely there are so many that will want to buy them because of high yield. I understand the danger of being in default on our loan repayments or government defaulting on our bonds. What is the likelihood? Do we really discuss that?
1: No, no. Uh, No, look, our debt is around about 50% of the size of our economy, of our GDP. You know, it's still very reasonable. I think the U.S. is over 100%. Germany, I think, is close to 80%. I think the U.K., it's Probably also 80 to 100 percent. So, we at 50 percent debt to GDP still reasonable. The, the, the risk though is that it can climb very quickly, as we saw with Spain a few years ago. I think it went from 50 to 100 plus in just a few years. But at the moment, it's, it's you know, there's no such thing as, as a potential default in the, in the next few years. I well, I very low risk.
0: So, as long as that doesn't happen, I mean, uh, you know, there will be buying of our bonds at, 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 if, yes. a, if the yields go out further.
1: Yeah, obviously, people would like to uh, not like to lose on the currency as well. So, they want to be fairly comfortable with the currency stabilizing too. Helena and sentences, says With local property funds performing
0: poorly, is it a good time to switch from equities to property, firstly, to provide some diversification, even though my portfolio is currently a great, portf- a great portfolio? And what
1: about taking a bit of equity off the table? Now, look, uh, the, the SA-listed property index is up twelve and a half percent so far this year. Total return, which is which is very good. That includes income yeah. income distributions. Yeah, so, so that's about seven and five, seven from yeah. income, about five. So twelve and a half percent total return, and that's very decent uh, with inflation at four point eight percent. It's better than money market, more than double. It's better than bonds. It's only equities that are better. So if you put ten to fifteen percent of your total portfolio on average into SA listed property shares, for sure. I mean, obviously they're fully taxable, the interest, if it's in a taxable account, if it's in a tax-free account, no problem, but so you pay higher tax on the dividends than, uh, than you would on ordinary shares or on unit trusts in shares. So there is place for it, yeah, but uh, I'd be careful of selling JSE shares at this stage because, as I say, we, you know, I think there's still a hope that we're going to see further advance. Enoch, good evening. we got our first caller. Good
0: evening. Go ahead with your question, please. Uh, good evening. How are you? Yep, fine, Enoch. I hope you're well. Yeah, my name is Enoch. I'm calling from uh, uh, Sibukeng. What? Uh, I would like to find out if you can maybe link us to uh, 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 an investor or uh, a strategic partner who can join us in our agricultural business. Enoch, look, it's something certainly we can't think about this evening on our programme, but may I suggest I give my number out on the show and give me a call tomorrow and explain to me what you're looking for. Uh, Certainly there could be a possibility of linking you up with someone as you've suggested. So, Enoch, we're going to give my number out shortly on the programme. Take the number down and phone me off air. And thank you for your call. Alison in Sanson says, do you think that the running global stocks is a possible bubble would you advise that one start selling what we said, the FANG stocks? And just to remind viewers, the FANG stock series of Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix,
1: and Google. Uh, what do you think, Paul? No, I don't think it's a bubble now. I think uh, global shares are at fair value. They're not overvalued or undervalued. They're at fair value. So a bubble only happens when you go way over fair value by, say, 30 to 40%, which could still happen. So I think there's still a long way to go. Uh, as things stand right now. Low interest rates, low inflation, good earnings growth, good economy. So I think something like um, Bitcoin's in a bubble, but that doesn't mean it couldn't double from here. (laughs) No, we look look, people ask me about Bitcoin. I say I just haven't
0: got a clue. I don't Mm -hmm. even understand it. Tabang in Janisberg says, my offshore portfolio, which is valued in dollars, has come down in the last few months because of the funds that I hold in Europe and Britain, and because of the
1: appreciation in the euro and pound. Should I be concerned? No, I don't think so. I think uh, Europe, uh, Europe is, um, is looking good value. The UK, it's hard to tell because, well, 70% of the shares on the London Stock Exchange of the top 100 are global companies that most derri- derive most of their business outside of the UK. So the top 100 is not, not really much of an issue. It's, it's the pure U- UK shares that are a bit uncertain because of Brexit. Although
0: if they're earning a lot of dollars, when you convert the dollars back to pounds
1: and euros, you are earning less.
0: The same as we found over the years, yeah. l- over the last two years, the, our offshore companies earning
1: r- earning foreign currency are yeah. not getting the same rand value. It's true, yeah. but uh, you know, if you if you're around the world doing business around the world, like Billiton and Anglo, which are listed in the London Stock Exchange in the top hundred, then you know you, you're not just earning dollars; you're earning all sorts. So, it's yeah, I don't think there's a problem with the top hundred. Uh, And and I think Europe is pretty good value. Well, for investors, the last year has helped to make up some of
0: the disappointments of 2016. Every day there's some global news which will cause a knee-jerk reaction to the markets. My message is the same during these periods. Understand your long-term strategy and don't get pulled into the daily negative news that has an impact on short-term investment decisions. It's simple. If you want to beat inflation, you need to take on risk to achieve this. There will be day, days that you'll feel miserable and question this decision. But history, again, shows that patient investors will be rewarded. Paul, I'd like to thank you for joining me this evening. And Paul, thank you for joining me this whole year. Thank and you. Good God. luck with your funds. Let's see you stay at the top right through the end of the year. Uh, it's important to note our program is to provide information and should not be construed as advice. Next week's program, we'll focus on estate planning. And if you need to get hold of me, my details will appear on the screen. Enoch, I hope you get that number. Thank you for watching and good night.